Amen. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? Are we all right? All right. Okay, good. Um, I'm not going to start preaching yet. I'm just going to have a word with the person on the words. Uh, words person Dan, in the 915 folder, there's a little video from the playlist this morning, the real Rob Scott Cook. Just wondering if we could find that. I'm just going to share with you a couple of things before I start preaching, because I'm going to be honest with you, my heart is full, and I'm in a good place. I'm feeling just, I'm feeling the love. I don't know if you are, or maybe you're not, but I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm really appreciate. Basically, I can tell, because I just love everyone, and love everything. I really um, appreciate being able to come here and worship. Now, I'm part of the team, so it kind of is my job, like I would get fired if I didn't. But actually, I've been part of this church long before I was involved kind of behind the scenes on the team. And I'm just so grateful for people creating a place for us to be able to worship to meet with one another and to encounter Jesus. I'm so grateful for all the tech guys who turn up really early to press buttons and do amazingly complicated things with technology to make all this stuff work. Let's hear it for the tech guys. I really appreciate you. It's amazing. Um, Maybe it's the people who are serving tea and coffee who turned up before to make all that stuff for you. So when you came in, we could just welcome you and value you. Maybe it's your first time here in church. And so we just, it's really important to us that you're not just coming into a building, but you're being noticed. And so I really appreciate all those people who helped do that. Actually, the very seats you're sitting on have been put out by someone ready for you to be here today, to be part of this service. I really value the worship team. We don't just turn up on Sunday, but prepare in the week and really seek the Lord about songs and how to do it well, to be able to lead us into worship. And so there's just so much that goes on that I'm really, really grateful for just sitting here. And like, I know all this stuff anyway, but I'm just feeling it and really valuing it. And actually for us, being part of church isn't just about coming to a service and doing a thing. It's really about people giving their gifts and their lives to God, to worship him, to do that, to follow Jesus with other people, to encourage each other on, to to cheer on, and to see the good stuff happen. And yeah, as it happens, we meet in buildings and we do things, but at the heart of it, that really is what we're about. And so I just want to invite you. It might be that you're around Woody's for a bit, but maybe you've not got kind of more involved. Maybe it's really easy to learn to do the camera things, or we've got training on how to work the coffee machines. Maybe you'd be up for helping tidy up the church before people arrive, just so we can welcome people well, or getting involved with the music, or all the many things that go on. But I really believe that in being part of church, it's our worship to God as we offer him our gifts, our time, our stuff. Now, You've all got gifts. You've all got stuff. And I really hope that if you're part of Woody's, you feel like that's happening for you, that you're able to kind of offer that stuff, not just to people or leaders and being useful on a rotor, but really you're worshiping Jesus. You're giving your life, saying, God, I love you, and I want to express that through what I do. Anyway, I just want to put that out there because I really, really appreciate it. And one thing that I really appreciate, and I'm just going to say it, there are amazing women in this church And last night, we celebrated Rob and Pam Scott Cook, who started the church. But I've got to say, we love them both loads. But it's amazing for me, having been around church for over 20 years here, the amount of amazing women who have encouraged me, who've championed me, who've called me out, who've encouraged me, who've spurred me on, who've challenged me. 
um, has been just super amazing. And I wouldn't be half the man I was today without amazing women. Now, this morning, our 9.15 service, I asked all the families, I said, guys, if there was one person you could get to join your family, who would you, who would you get? So there's lots of mums, dads, and kids, and they had a little chat. Right, I said, right, tell me the answer. They all shouted out at once. I couldn't hear anything. And then I heard the word, Nettie Matthews. <laughs> a load of families went in Nettie Matthews in their family. I'm like... You're lucky. She's already in. She's part of this family, and we so appreciate it. So there's amazing people. Nettie Matthews, Claire Thompson, Rachel Riddle, loads of other incredible women who are amazing. Let's hear it for the amazing women, Hazel Askew, and many others. You're awesome. You're amazing, and I really appreciate it. Amy Viner, Joe Rosset, loads of others coming up. There's loads of you, and there's room for more, but we love it, and it's important for us. Anyway, I just, that's not my preach, by the way. So last night, we celebrated Rob and Pam, and here's just a little, small little video clip of um, Rob Scott Cook. If you don't know him, you'll recognize him by the mustache. Check this out. Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, the mantle has been passed. Look at the mustache. The one of it, yes, Matt Dobson. I believe you have received the anointing. Let's hope so. Right, come on, I'm preaching. If you want to start the countdown clock as well, that would be really helpful for me and I'm sure everyone else. So uh, this evening we're starting up a new series um, looking at prayer. And, oh, there we go. I can now read my notes. And we're going to be spending the month of July looking at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is a prayer that we read in the Bible that Jesus encourages us to pray. And we're going to be spending a bit of time as I start this evening, but then going throughout July, looking at the Lord's Prayer. Now, when I talk about prayer, I want to ask you, how are you doing with prayer? How do you feel about it? Maybe, again, maybe you're watching online. Great to have you with us. Maybe here in the building. Maybe prayers, you're not sure about it. Maybe you're still kind of checking out the whole Christian thing. It's one of those things that you hear about. Maybe you're a keenie. You love praying. You can't do enough of it. Maybe it's been tricky for you. Maybe there's a time when you really got into prayer, but actually these days, maybe prayers weren't answered, or it just seems a bit too hit and miss, you know? You see, um, it'd be really easy for me as a church leader to do a sermon on prayer, and I could make you feel all a bit guilty that you're not praying enough. I could tell you how important, how great prayer is, and then I could tell you to pray more. That, in fact, is what I'm doing this evening. (laughs) Um, I have three boys, and they go to a junior school. It's a Catholic school, and we love the Pope, and we do. He's great. And every morning in playground, we have to line up, and we have to say our prayers. Now, I asked two of my boys this morning as we were driving to church, Tell me how that prayer goes again. Now, we've been there for quite a few years, so it's, this isn't like brand new doing a kind of... We couldn't remember it. Now, the thing is, we rattle it off every morning. We have to line up. Now, we can always do the beginning bit, because it's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we like doing that bit, because we don't get to do that here. So we, that's good. Now, the other thing with this prayer is there's actions, um, and we just couldn't remember how it went, and we were trying to work it out. So I've, I found out it says... Oh my God, I give to you all I think and say and do. All my work and happy play, I will give to you today. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. 
Now, I'm going to be honest with you. A parent said, Nigel, you are amazing at those actions. Like, how do you... Because they do it all so quickly, it's really hard to see what's going on. I said, I just make them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they don't know. And I said, I wash my hands and I do the stuff and I stack the things and I send a text message and I, do, I just make them up as I go along. And then at the end, I throw in my favorite one. I do the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then I do, in case I score a goal, give God the glory. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from my son has started copying and he got all of year three to start doing it as well. My wife was so embarrassed. She's like, what have you got them doing? Half the playground are doing all this during the prayer time. Give God the glory. Anyway, the thing is we do these prayers every day. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how many people actually pray them. We all line up. We have to do it. We all know how it goes. We do the actions. But I just wonder, I don't know if we're praying it. We're saying it, but we're very familiar with it, and we kind of rattle through it, especially if it's starting to rain, and then we get inside. So we're going to look at praying, and we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer, and maybe for some of us, we've just been so familiar with things like the Lord's Prayer or praying that we just kind of rattle through. Are we really praying, or are we just saying? You know, we can ask God to help us love him. We can ask God to help us actually pray. I'm praying about my prayer. I don't know if you've ever done that. I'm praying because I need help praying. You're allowed to. You're allowed to say, Holy Spirit, help me to do the things that are on your heart. So we're going to read this passage. This is from Luke uh, in Luke 11. And this is the Lord's Prayer. Let's read this together. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. That is a short prayer. That's it. Now, there's another version we read about it in Matthew's gospel. But Jesus was modeling something to his disciples. The disciples noticed something about Jesus, which then provoked them to say, Jesus, that thing that you're doing, we want to know about it. You see, prayer for Jesus wasn't an optional extra, a little thing to tag on early in the morning or just before bedtime. Prayer was a lifestyle, something that he was living out and doing. And just like us, it's central for our faith. Prayer isn't a, an optional extra for the keenies. Well, it can sometimes feel like that when we have prayer meetings and of a large church, there's very few of us gather and maybe it does seem to be just for the keenies. Actually, our spiritual life flows from prayer. Our relationship with God, the way that we communicate with God, that we know God, that we understand God, comes through prayer. Our spiritual vibrancy, our health itself, comes from it. So the disciples, these are the the followers of Jesus, the people who are hanging out with Jesus, see something that Jesus is modeling and say, teach us to pray. It's interesting, actually, that Jesus also expressed some teaching around this passage about what not to pray, how not to pray. And he refers to some of the Pharisees, the religious leaders, saying, you don't want to do it like that. And so he encourages us, we read in Matthew, around some of the ways that we pray. 
So the first thing we've got to know is that actually we need to learn how to pray. The disciples said, Jesus, would you teach us? You need to be taught in prayer. Now, it might be that you could go solo and no one ever taught you anything and you've just learned and figured out how to pray. But it seems a good model that someone who's a bit ahead of you in praying teaches you about how to pray and how to cultivate and build a prayer life. Let me give you an example. One of my boys is learning the piano. He's grade one. And he's still slowly just getting his fingers going. He's nowhere near grade eight yet. It would be very hard to be a grade eight pianist without piano lessons, without being taught. Sure, there will be some people who are that good naturally. But for the majority of people learning an instrument, you need to be taught, to be helped, to develop your capacity, to practice, to get better at it, to get more fluent at it. And I think it's a bit like that with prayer. There's something else that's really struck me about this prayer that Jesus prays. First of all, it's very direct. It goes straight to the point. There's no, first of all, awkward pause when someone suggests we should pray, and then the rest of us hope it's not us. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. Come on, please, someone else pray. You start praying for someone else to pray. And no one's praying like, oh, gosh, I'm going to have to. And then either you do it or you both start praying at the same time, and that's a bit awkward. And you're like, no, please, after you. There's no awkward silence. There's no use of justs and reallys. Lord, we just really, just really ask that you just really do that. Jesus hasn't used any of those at all uh, for some reason. He forgot to put those in. In fact, in Matthew 6, Jesus talks about prayer. He says, make it short. Make it short. Don't go long. Make it short. He also talks in Luke about boldness, saying when you pray, pray with boldness. Talks about asking and you'll receive seeking and knocking. He talks about a father who's generous, who's going to be generous with gifts to you. And I think we see this in the prayer that's modeled, that Jesus is direct and to the point, almost bold about what he's going for as he prays. So there's four things that I just want to draw out of this prayer. They'll be familiar probably to lots of us. Because I think they're foundational, not about prayer, but about the Christian life and how we carry prayer. Um, They're things that we want to understand in our heads, but we also want to actually experience the reality of them in our lives as well. They're kind of like keys. And in fact, these are the four keys that we're going to be unpacking and looking at as we go throughout the month. So the first one is this, God's nature. God's nature is described at the beginning of the prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Or another word for that hallowed is holy is your name. Why is that important that Jesus starts like that? Well, a few things. Lots of people pray when they're in trouble. People who aren't Christians, aren't part of church. But if things get tricky, they just start praying. They're not quite sure what to or who to, but it's a kind of primal sense of someone out there might be able to help. Jesus is really clear. We're praying to a father In heaven, a God who is known, not just a vague general, oh God, if you're out there, but actually the very personal, relational terms of a father. I'm praying to my father, who's loving and caring and generous. It's really important to have a right picture of who you're praying to. You see, if you think God doesn't really care or isn't bothered anymore about you or because stuff didn't work out last time you prayed, you just maybe your picture of who God is is, well, maybe just not quite right. One of my sons is a big 
fan of Star Wars. And today he watched Star Wars because he's a bit poorly. My wife was talking to him and they started talking about prayer. She said, shall we pray? Shall we just ask God? My son is eight. And um, they started listening to God. And I'd be honest, we don't really do this like every day. It's not like a thing. It's just something that happened. And, and then he shared a picture. He said, I see some sunglasses, some really dark glasses. Oh, okay. What, what do you think God's saying about that? He said, well, I think we need to take them off. I think sometimes people have glasses on and it means they can't really see the right picture. It's too dark and too difficult. But when we take glasses off, we can then see Jesus really clearly. It's a little revelation for an eight-year-old boy. Something about prayer. Who do we see? Have you got glasses on things in the way that means you can't see a loving father who is really for you, towards you, who cares for you? Or maybe even through being Christian for a long time, that, that picture has kind of dimmed or gone a bit distant. Whereas Jesus says this prayer is about seeing the Father. We can say, Father, holy is your name. We have a right picture of who we're praying to. And God being holy, being other, being completely pure, can being completely different to us in a good way. We're not just asking another human, oh, if you don't mind helping. We're speaking to the infinite, eternal God, the creator of all things, who's outside of time itself, who holds everything in his hands, is holy and not like us, and yet loves us and draws near to us. This is what it means to call on our Father, and holy is your name. The second thing, as we see, not just only God's nature, but we get drawn into God's mission. The prayer is, your kingdom come, and in Matthew, he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This idea that God has a will. God cares about things, wants things to happen, wants to do things. God has a heartbeat. We read in that famous passage, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. There's something of the heartbeat of God, his intention towards the world. Not to be angry and annoyed and tell people off, but with love and mercy and grace and forgiveness to draw every person into his family. And so as we pray it, we're praying that that heaven, that reality of God, the, the realness, the, the goodness of God, that somehow we would experience that in our lives, in our midst, on this earth, right here, right now. As a, a young Christian... Uh, I actually had it all figured out, which was very helpful um, because I kind of got the deal. God's good. Let's get on with it. And so what I did was I came up with some brilliant plans for God to be glorified in the whole world, which mainly involved me becoming quite rich and successful as a musician just on the side. That meant that I could travel the world and be this incredible Christian for God and play the drums and just have an amazing time. And um, I thought it was a pretty good plan. So uh, I prayed hard about it. You know, I fasted. I also practiced the drums a lot. I did a lot of music, and it was pretty awesome. And essentially, after quite a few years, nothing happened <laughs> at all. It appeared that God hadn't got much glory out of that. But there was a moment that came when I thought, you know what, I've got to rethink this. I'm trying to get God to bless my plans. Now, first of all, he's not doing a very good job of that. 
I'll be honest. Maybe my plans are rubbish, but I thought they were pretty good. How about I do this? Why don't I bless God's plans and see how I get on with that? Maybe that will go better if I try and bless what God's wanting to do than just asking God to bless what I want to do. You see, you can pray this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done, but really I'm still calling the shots as to what that looks like, where that goes and how that's going to happen and when that's going to happen and who that's going to happen with. Are we really saying, God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? And so for me, things changed significantly when I started blessing what God was doing. It was a lot more fun and there was a lot more blessing going. Now, to be honest, there was a lot less drumming as well, but that probably wasn't a bad thing for many people. But it's a challenge when we pray that, God, may your will be done in my life today then uh, let's bless what God is doing and see that. The third thing is that we see God's provision in this prayer. Uh, There's a little slide coming right up. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. God will provide our needs. Now, what is God's daily bread? Again, we get so familiar with this. Are you literally expecting some daily bread to turn up? As you're having your toast, Lord, thank you for my daily bread. Is that what you're praying? What are you asking for here? You're asking for God's provision to feed you, to feed your spiritual life, maybe the word of God to you today, to receive it, to receive the blessing of God. But a key part of God's provision for us is actually we see in forgiveness of sin. God's grace on our lives to forgive us each day where we've gone wrong, where we've fallen short, where we've sinned that we would know God's grace and forgiveness and covering. I don't know what you think of as God's provision. Is it that, again, you'll get the house, the thing, the jobs, the stuff, the, the things on your terms, and is God providing for me or not? Or how do you see provision working? How do, what is it that you're really asking God for and seeing? Last night, we celebrated the ministry of Rob and Pam, who founded this church and have been faithfully ministering for decades in this city. And one of the things that came through so clearly was the provision of God for them. In fact, they made a decision as they went into ministry to live by faith. They've never received payment from the church, from this church, or any other church, instead trusting in God to provide for all their needs over decades and decades. And they've said every need has been met. They've trusted in the provision of God and known it. We can talk about the provision of God, but how do you know the provision of God in your life? When was the last time you said, yeah, God, you came through. Yeah, God, you provided. Yeah, God, you did what only you can do. In Ephesians, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. There's something that we've already been blessed with everything we need, and yet sometimes we struggle to get hold of it. As we pray that prayer, God, give us our daily bread. Is it a sense of saying, Lord, help me to know your provision and faithfulness? Okay, the fourth thing that we're getting on to, that we see in this prayer, is God's salvation. And this is worked out when it says, and lead us not into temptation. And in Matthew it says, but deliver us from the evil one. God's salvation, it means setting us free, helping us become whole and free people. We recognize through this prayer as Jesus opens our eyes, there's a spiritual battle 
going on at the world. Forces of evil are real. Something we believe in here in this church, we see it in the Bible, and actually we see it worked out in life and in our lives. There's personal evil against us personally. When we feel the, the sense of temptation to sin and the pressure against our lives, or the larger spiritual forces in the world, forces of darkness that are looking to corrupt, to destroy people, to make them less human. And as Christians, we see we've been saved as we call on the name of Jesus, as Jesus who lived and died for our sins and has risen again. As we find forgiveness in Jesus, we can say we've been saved, we've come to knowing God and having a relationship with God. But the good thing is, you're still being saved. You're still being forgiven. God's still working out the freedom and wholeness and life of himself in your life. It's carrying on. And actually, there's a future saving that we'll know at the end of all time, where again, we'll be fully saved and fully known to God. So God is still in the business of setting you free. And when you pray that prayer, you're saying, God, today, help me be free and help me stay free so I can be fully alive to you and others. So I've rattled through these four foundations of the Christian life to grow in knowing the nature of God, to be active in seeing his mission, his will be done here on earth, to receive what you need from God each day, and to experience God's salvation in your life every day. And so we don't think of prayer as just a tick list of something we ought to do or should do. But we see it as that deep work of the Spirit of God in our lives. And so as you pray the Lord's Prayer, it becomes this deeper thing of drawing on these things of who God is, what He's doing, what He's providing for us, and what we want to experience. So I want to say this as I finish, as we look at prayer. We're so grateful. Maybe my heart is full because I'm grateful for how prayer has shaped and birthed this church and this community again over many years. It's actually a privilege to pray, not only personally to know God and be in that relationship, but to pray for one another. This year I've prayed and I've seen answers to prayer that have been wonderful and have only been down to God. And I can't say I say that all the time. I'm not just sort of boasting like, oh, I'm great. I, I, what I mean is I've been renewed in a sense and a conviction to be able to pray and to see God at work. And our heart is for you that as we explore this series together, you won't feel like, oh gosh, I've got to pray a bit more. I suppose I should up my game. But actually you would know the work of God stirring in you, actually something that is a work of him, an appetite for God in prayer and over these things. So I'd love to pray for you. I thought of prayer like this. Prayer reorientates us where we're not sure on the direction. Prayer refocuses us when we become distracted. Prayer reorders us when we get all disorganized and things all go loose. And prayer renews us where we feel drained. We find renewal in prayer. So I'd love to just take a moment to pray with you and pray for you before I hand back to Matt and Amy. Why don't we just take a moment of silence and then we'll pray together.
Lord God, would you again stir in us our hearts towards you? Would you move us to know you and draw near to you again? Lord, would you help us to kind of go deeper again? Sorry, God, where we go through the motions or where we've been too casual about prayer and praying. But instead, God, would you just bring it back into focus again? Would you help us to, yeah, have a renewed appetite for you? I'm wondering if we could pray the Lord's Prayer together. I haven't got it on the screen, and I'm going to use the Matthew version. I'm also not going to go too fast. Sometimes in this church, they've prayed the Lord's Prayer far too fast, especially when it gets to the trespasses bit, and everyone's... And that is not prayerful. So we're going to do it slowly and prayerfully. If you don't know it, that's okay. Just listen as I do it. Let's say together. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.